Sustainability Advisory Board. I think we're going to go ahead and start the meeting. It looks like we have a quorum. And the first item on our, our agenda are our housekeeping items. Kathy, would you remind us of those, please? This is Kathy Richardson, Sustainability Director. Good evening, everyone. I just uh, would like to share a few housekeeping items for tonight's Zoom meeting. The meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel and cable channel 25. Please remember to unmute yourself uh, during the meeting. Sorry, please remember to mute yourself during the meeting when you're not speaking. And the chat function for this public meeting is disabled. All chats will go directly to me. All board members, please keep your video on. And all others, keep your video off unless you are participating during the meeting. If you have any trouble, you can send me a chat. The city reserves the right to mute people or turn individual videos off to minimize distractions during the meeting. And just a reminder, there is another board meeting tonight, uh, so this meeting will need to wrap up around uh, 7.15 p.m. And now I'll turn it back to you, Stan. All right, thank you, Kathy. Uh, next item on our agenda is the Kansas Open Meetings Act. This is a uh, meeting subject to that act, and I, I, I just want to thank everybody for uh, making, uh, uh, complying with those requirements and not uh, replying all on our emails, things like that, uh, sending emails to everybody. I think we're, we're doing a good job recently on staying in compliance with the Opens Meetings Act. And we'll just keep this on our agenda as a reminder for folks, but I, I just wanted to compliment everybody. We're doing a good job with that. So thank you with that. First item on our agenda is to approve the agenda. Um, it's uh, laid out here. If I could have a motion to do that, I would appreciate that. All right, Nancy moves to approve, approve the, the agenda. agenda. Ben Sykes second. Ben seconds. All those in favor of uh, approving our agenda tonight, please signify by saying aye. 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 Any opposed? Agenda's approved. Um, next thing we're going to do is the minutes. Um, and uh, I would ask if everybody's had a chance to review those minutes. I thought the, they, they did a good job capturing our meeting. And we need a motion to approve those or we need edits if people have edits. I'll make a motion to approve the minutes as is. All right, Nancy moves to approve. It looks like Maddie, you wanted to second them? Yeah, Maddie Bell, SAB, SAB member, uh, I second. Maddie's seconding the uh, minutes. All those in favor of uh, approving the minutes, please signify by saying aye. 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 Any opposed? Same sign. All right, no opposed. No opposition. All right, the next item on the agenda is staff items, but before we get to that, I think we have a couple of um, things we want to address. The first one is I wanted to uh, give Maddie a few minutes to uh, say a few words to us. Maddie, the floor is yours. Thanks, Stan. Um, 
Yeah, so unfortunately, uh, I'm going to be stepping down from the board. Uh, I wish I could be there in person tonight, but I have another meeting 15 minutes after this one ends. So um, probably couldn't make it home in time for that Zoom call. But uh, I've really enjoyed working with y'all, and I wish that I could be around for um, what this next year is going to look like, because it seems pretty exciting. But um, thanks for working with me, and it's been an honor serving Lawrence. We'll miss you. Second. Really? Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, second. I, Matt, Sad. Maddie, we really appreciated your participation and we're going to miss you and miss your input. I think you bring a, a, a good input and perspective to our group and um, not just my old man perspective. So I really appreciate uh, have your time on the board and I hope our paths cross again here in Lawrence or or wherever we are. Um, so I, I wanna thank you for your service here. Thank you. Uh, unfortunately, we also have to announce that uh, just this afternoon, Deb Ford in communication with Kathy and I is going to resign as well. <laughs> and um, she's having uh, trouble making the meetings with her work demands right now. And she just doesn't feel right about that. She's, as you might be aware, she's missed several of our last meetings. Um, they've not been unexcused absences, so she wasn't booted off the board, but she has had trouble making the meetings and she doesn't feel right about that. So after some back and forth email with uh, Kathy and I, she sent us an email just saying, you know, she's gonna resign, so. We just got that late this afternoon. So do so, we have enough for a quorum? <laughs> we have just enough for a quorum. And so Kathy and I were talking about that after tonight, it's going to be important for everybody to attend. And if we can't attend to let us know, and perhaps we could reschedule a meeting to a different day where we could have everybody. It's also going to be important for Kathy then to maybe push city hall to uh, review the applications to serve on the board and get one or two people appointed and um so she's going to be she's going to be doing that as well but because there will only be six of us and we just changed our bylaws to require six of us for a quorum instead of five um we need to make sure that we're all in attendance and if you can't be please let us know I, I will be attending the next two meetings via Zoom because I'll be out of town both times, but I can participate via Zoom. But um, just wanted everybody to be aware of that. Anything else I'm missing, Kathy, before we go into the- You covered it well. Staff items. Yeah. I think we covered it. All right, Maddie, I'm glad you're here tonight. Thank you. And um, we're going to proceed with uh, your last meeting, I guess. Um, so the first, the next item on our agenda are the staff items. Kathy. Thank you. Um, okay, so for the staff items, I have a few items of updates. And then I know that some of these items are your agenda. So I'm going to 
briefly cover some, um, just because I know the conversation is coming at a later time during the agenda. So the first staff update is on the sustainable capital projects policy. So we continue to, to work on that. And we met with the subcommittee of the sustainability advisory board, the climate action plan. And um, the uh, one item of update is that it is no longer going to be on the March 21st city commission agenda. So it has been postponed to April 11th. So just kind of mark that on your calendars. This is a staff item that uh, of course, uh, we appreciate any uh, support from the sustainability advisory board on. And I know there will be a discussion there on a letter of support later today, tonight. So the second item for update is the single-use plastic bag ordinance. Uh, this is a sustainability advisory board item that has um, also uh, been directed to staff to work on. So we attached uh, the draft of the ordinance uh, to this agenda. Um, I will say that there are some items on this ordinance, this draft ordinance, that might still be uh, edited. Um, so there's some discussion still going on, on on the fees charged and so forth. But this is an item we also had a really good discussion with the SAB subcommittee of the Climate Action Plan. Um, and uh, that is also coming up later on the agenda for discussion. Uh, as well, um, this item uh, has also been delayed uh, on the city commission uh, schedule. So it will no longer be March uh, 21st. Uh, this one is was looking at a later April date, uh, but looks like there are some conflicts and we absolutely want Nancy and Ben to be able to attend uh, this meeting. So we're looking at the May calendar for uh, city commission um, you know, agenda to, to be able to, to add it to one of those agendas. In the meantime, we are tracking the House Bill 2446, which I'm sure there's going to be some discussion on. Um, but from the staff side of things, uh, we are aware that there's a hearing on Wednesday and uh, the city is preparing a written testimony similar to on the Senate side. So we will be submitting that here shortly. Um, just a quick update, we are still participating in the cohort of moving from idea to implementation, starting on the pathway to 100% clean energy. I had mentioned that in December, the City of Lawrence was selected uh, for that cohort. And we've had uh, two meetings so far. So every month we meet, um, it's myself and also Trevor Flynn, who is one of the assistant uh, directors of the Municipal Services and Operations Department, who has been attending with with me and uh, we are definitely um, gathering lots of great information and uh, you know it's great to be able to talk to other communities that are in a similar um, place uh, like Lawrence's with our renewable energy goals. Uh, the next item for update is uh, Lead for Cities program. I had actually mentioned this to the subcommittee when we were meeting. The city was uh, interested in uh, and submitted an application to the Lead for Cities local government leadership program. So uh, this leadership program would also then um, kind of combine to the next phase of certification for the city of Lawrence. 
And um, just for those who are not familiar, uh, in the past, City of Lawrence went through the STAR community rating system for sustainability. And the City of Lawrence uh, achieved a four star, so four out of five star. Uh, the STAR community rating system is no longer, um, I guess, um, available or in service. And the U.S. Green Building Council is who took over this sustainability rating system and sustainability framework through what they call lead for cities. So while the city of Lawrence is listed on their website already as a lead for cities, it's only that carryover from STAR. But uh, communities that were STAR communities are still going through the process of getting certified through lead for cities. And uh, more information to come, uh, but we did submit an application. Uh, we did get some letters of support uh, from APWA and the U.S. Um, the uh, Urban Sustainability Directors Network and Climate Action KC, and Mark um, did too. And uh, as of this afternoon, uh, which is kind of an early announcement, I did receive a letter that the City of Lawrence was selected into the leadership program this year year. Great. So we are excited for more work to come, but this is all headed in an awesome direction uh, for, uh, you know, tracking sustainability within our um, organization. A couple updates on grants. So this has been of interest to the Sustainability Advisory Board. Uh, we have been in conversation and working through the Department of Energy's EECBG. So that's the Energy Efficiency and Conservation Block Grants. So this is to assist uh, states and units of local government and Indian tribes in implement implementing strategies to reduce fossil fuel emissions reduce totally, total energy use and to improve energy efficiency. And um, under that, for those who have viewed that, there's a wide variety of activities that are eligible. So while the city uh, of Lawrence is allocated, it's a right uh, below 150,000 is what the city's, city of Lawrence um, has. Um, we are, you know, talking about what programs we would like to use the funds for, but we are also in in conversation with collaboration with the MARC area. So just this week, uh, we met with cities and counties that are part of the Mid-America Regional Council. And, um, you know, they extended the invitation to Douglas County and City of Lawrence uh, to, you know, think about what we could do if we pull the money together for a bigger regional um, uh project. Uh, so those conversations are ongoing as well. Um, the pre-app uh, paperwork is due on April 28th, but really we have until January 1st of 2024 to submit our full application as to how we're going to use those funds. Uh, the other one that we have been kind of researching and working through is the EPA's Climate Pollution Reduction 
uh, grants. Um, that program has both planning and implementation grants. Uh, but the more we dive into the, the information, it looks like we're a little bit off um, the city of Lawrence or what they call metro areas uh, from really being awarded the, the funds. So each state will receive uh, $3 million if they opt in by March 31st. And then the largest 67 uh, MSAs, so those metropolitan areas, will receive $1 million each. Um, just so you know where City of Lawrence uh, lies, we're number 334. So they're saying as if people don't opt into some of these funds, it will continue to go down the list. Uh, but we're pretty far down. Um, we can potentially be covered by the state's plan. And, uh, you know, if the state of Kansas uh, will opt in for their three million, um, then we can be part of that uh, with our implementation grants. Uh, the, Kathy, just to clarify, the state's portions are three million. I think you, I thought I heard billion at the beginning. Million. No, no billion. No. Okay. Each state is uh, three million, but they need to opt in. And then the largest 67 MSAs in, in um, the U.S. will each get one million, but they have to opt in. Yeah. Thanks for that clarification. Hey, the Kathy. other one we're looking at. Yes, Kay. Sorry, um, Kay Johnson, SAB member. Um, has the state given you any indication if they're going to try to opt in? I, what I've been hearing lately is um, several people uh, are saying that they probably won't um, go for some energy funds, but I don't, you know, because that's just what the conversation's been. Yeah, we have not had direct conversation with the state. Um, their due date for opting in is before the metropolitan area's due date. And um, the EPA did say they will list out the states who opted in by that March 31st uh, deadline that they have. And then the metropolitan areas have until April 28th to opt in. And they are encouraging uh, metropolitan areas that are not within those 67 to go ahead and submit, uh, again, with the potential that some of them will not opt in for the funds and it will trickle down. So we're, again, we're looking into this, um, what you know, possibilities or could be uh, for us. And you, you've got to have the planning grant uh, phase in order to qualify for those implementation grants, which is the larger pot of money that will be coming. Yeah, so Kathy, for this, the top 67 is based solely on population. They're yeah. not trying to distribute that by geographic area or anything like that. So it's for example, with the Midwest, many of the states are in the Southeast opt out. The only way the municipalities down there could get in is if they're already quite large. Correct. Those 67 is by population. Yeah. When I attended the webinar, and I don't know if any of you um, did as well, it sounded like um, they were also trying to figure out if a state does not ex does not opt into their three million, could that those funds go to the largest metropolitan areas of that state? Mm -hmm. Um, so they were talking about the potential of the top three. Now, Lawrence is number four in Kansas. 
Um, and it wouldn't be one of like these 65, 67, but there's chances doesn't have one in the top 67. Okay. So there's, there's still some more figuring out um, if there's potential there. If, if any of you hear anything, um, please let me know, uh, send me an email or call, and uh, I'd be happy to chat about that more. The other grant that we are, um, that is a priority. Yep. Yep. Sorry, this is Stan Rasmussen, SAB. Uh, why would the state not want to opt in? Okay, do you have any indication from your conversation? The discussion that I've had is that, um, particularly for the energy part, um, there is no um, state energy plan to begin with. There is also very limited staff at the KCC. That one person that is supposed to be uh, considered part of the Kansas energy office is under the KCC and they're also staffed to the KCC and um, one group that I knew that was working on a grant application had talked to the KCC person and and it's not really that one person's fault necessarily but they just don't feel like that they have enough bandwidth to help so the group that was trying to get a grant in Kansas decided that they would try to get a grant because they operate in both Kansas and Missouri, that they would just go for a grant in Missouri. So um, it's unfortunate, but I don't I, I mean, I really don't know uh, if that's going to be the end result, obviously, but that was just discussed in a meeting last week when I was at the Capitol. I guess that's something that we should be pushing the Clean Energy Business Council to take up and be championing. Yes, and they're very mindful of that situation, too. They were in the meeting that I was in. Okay. Thanks, Kay. Mm -hmm. The other grant uh, that is a priority to um, the city and the city commission, uh, we still have not uh, seen the full release of information, but that's the DOT charging and fueling infrastructure grant. So that's on the EV charging. So more details to come when we get uh, all the information. Uh, Earthy activities, there's, there's an item on the agenda, so we can talk about it then. And we are still working on an e-waste electronic recycling event uh, for this year. It's the MSO Environment Group that's working on it. So no details yet, uh, but I will um, share as soon as we have got some details on dates. Thank you. Any questions? Looks like looks like Nancy has her hand raised. So Kathy Nancy. All right, so Kathy, are you aware of a second bill that's trying to block um, the um, regulation of single-use plastic bags? It's um, 2447, and it's in the same committee as 2446. Is that and the one on advanced recycling, Nancy? No, th no this is one on, um, it, it would prevent municipalities from restricting the use and sale of any item if it isn't regulated at the state level. And this is 2447 and it has a hearing on Monday morning. So I, I think that bill, what they did 
is my understanding, Nancy, is they split the original SB 47 mm -hmm. into two parts, two, two bills. And so 2446 is the plastic bag bill. 2447, I believe, is the consumer products bill. And that was the pet, the Petco one. I, I, right, but I guess I haven't looked at 2447 enough to know if it would also affect well, I've talked uh, see, to several I, I, don't, people. I don't think that one's directed towards plastic bags. Well, I've read I've talked to several people who interpret it as also preventing banning of uh, plastic bags by municipalities. Oh, it's super short. An act concerning cities and counties prohibiting the banning of products or services otherwise permitted under state law. So again, yeah, this. Probably I think this service. bill is more the the Petco bill. It's kind of nicknamed. It's in response to the city of Wichita trying to get Petco or ban Petco from selling puppies. I think is what the issue was. Right, but but if you you couldn't you still couldn't ban plastic bags if that went through because it's products or services. You couldn't ban a product or service if the state doesn't ban it. It's right, very the, broad. The, the bill language is is a prohibition on municipalities from prohibiting businesses from selling products, not using. It's it's a municipality shall not prohibit an individual partnership, corporation, or other business entity licensed to operate within the municipality from selling any product or service that is otherwise permitted under state law. Right. So you couldn't you you couldn't ban selling of plastic bags, for instance. Sure. So it wouldn't be it wouldn't be like two four four six that prohibits municipalities from from banning the use of plastic bags. Well, for for providing plastic bags, yeah. So so correct. Yeah. So, so, so to me, it's unless, important. So unless the state authorizes the sale of something, this this prevents um, municipalities from banning the sale of something. Is that right? Is that what you said? Yeah. Correct. So it's, it's so wrong. You might be. You might be right, Nancy. It, it, I, I hadn't broad. read it with your perspective. Yeah, I, I, I didn't interpret it. It was several other people I've been talking to that interpreted it that way. I am kind of lost with this legal stuff. But um, so I, I know the Sierra Club lobbyist is going to go in and try to um, uh, present testimony against it. And I just didn't know if the city wanted to also do that. I think the city should. Yeah, I do, too. I appreciate the notice on HB 2247, and uh, tomorrow I will uh, reach out to our city attorney's office um, to discuss that one. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you. You know, the, this is Stan Rasmussen, SAB member. Since we're talking about these bills um, on 2446, uh, what I have heard is that the expectation is that it's already been scheduled for a hearing. I think the the chamber 
I just flat out asked the the chamber lobbyist what they think is going to happen and was told that they think it will be moved out of committee and have a vote in the House. Uh, and they think it will be approved and will probably go to the Senate. There, I think that the the chamber lobbyist is optimistic that 2446 is going to get passed. So we'll see if if he's correct. Sorry, Stan, but uh, this is Ben Sykes. Has the chamber come out with a position on either of those bills or on the original Senate one? The, the chamber was really the primary advocate on SB 47, and I think they're the ones driving uh, 2446 and 2447. So, Ben, that would be the Kansas they are supporter. The Kansas that, Chamber. The Kansas, the, 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 the Kansas Chamber, not the Lawrence Chamber, the Kansas Chamber. Uh, Bell, that member, um, I don't know if anyone else have it, anyone else is having trouble hearing Ben, but it seems like maybe his microphone is off and we're just getting picked up. He's getting picked up on other people's microphones. Or maybe it's just an issue on my end. How about this? Maddie, can oh, you hear me now? That's way better. Thanks. I'll just talk like this. Okay. So right. Sorry, that's not the Ben. You gotta you gotta be a rock star at the meeting here. So get up close. I was just asking about chamber support. Thank you, Maddie, for noting that. I'll speak like this. Well, I'd just like to comment that when it was in the Senate, the similar bills um had many people come in and testify against them. And I think that helped to prevent them from passing. At least that was the word I heard. Um, so I think it, it behooves us to submit testimony if we believe that they should be um, opposed. And then last meeting we had talked about, uh, I think there were House Bills 2226 and 2227. Is that right? No, 2227 and 2228, um, two energy-related bills. Neither one of those bills have moved out of committee, and the committee chair has asked interested parties to work together uh, uh, after this session or to bring those bills back again next session. And he's asked... Uh, interested parties. I've been asked on behalf of the Department of Defense to work on one of those, the 2247 two, four, bill. Um, no, no, 2227, excuse me, uh, bill, DOD. But um, it sounds like both of them are going to be pretty much put on hold the rest of the session. It, and it would behoove us if we're interested in those. And I I know that we're uh, our company and I, myself. We're interested in seeing both of those bills get hearings and be passed in some fashion. So we know that we should probably be talking about those internally after, at least after the session. If if they don't go forward, which I've also heard they're not going to go forward until next year. So. At least we should be well informed if we're going to make some comments. And I think it wouldn't be a bad idea for us to support um, positive um, language that would support um, a PPA, which is a 
private purchase agreement for energy systems and raising the cap on net energy and capacity. Yeah, and that, that is the bill that I'm I'm interested in on on behalf of the Department of Defense and in my professional job. And um, I'll be happy to share with this board what's going on in the discussions about that bill as I as I hear them, as I'm involved with them. I'm, I'm not representing DOD on 2228 as that one doesn't really have any impact on DOD. So I'm, I'm not gonna be as keyed in on that one. Maybe, maybe you will be, Kay. Maybe um, later on in the year when things get a little bit su more settled, uh, we could actually put these two on the agenda and have some good discussion uh, with you, Stan, on the PPA and um, maybe with Dorothy Barnett with Climate and Energy or whatever to discuss the net metering because both of them for the state are important. Yeah, yeah. Amanda, do you have any role in, in that stuff? I mean, I know you personally have advocacy for it, but I'm just curious if. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, and I was at the Capitol with Kay last week as well and in on those meetings. Um, I provided a written statement on behalf of both of those bills. Um, and it's something that uh, I personally and our company are also following. So hopefully I will be able to contribute to that conversation as well and keep everybody informed. Uh, Great, thank you. Yeah, and if anybody has questions now or wants to better understand them, you know, let me know. Well, we kind of strayed a little from our agenda order. I, I guess I would ask if we have um, any additional subcommittee updates, either Nancy, we'll start with you. I know you're trying to get your schedule to work for the the bag ordinance with city commission. I don't know if there's anything else you want to cover at this point. Well, the, uh, a couple of things. Um, we um, drafted a letter of su support for the sustainability, the sustainable capital projects policy, and that was submitted. And we'd like to um, consider action on that from this committee. And then um, we made suggestions on the draft of the single-use plastic bag ordinance, and we'd like to have that also uh, considered. So on the um, plastic bag ordinance, we added language that would um, require the paper and plastic, the thicker plastic bags to be 40% renewable um, in an effort to um, help to make that a little bit more circular since it's just as you had brought up previously sand if you just uh ban bags then there's the possibility that bags will be used more often um in the thicker version so um if you have those recyclable contents at least it decreases uh virgin plastic use so we would like you to take action on both of those things. And, and Kay, do you want to say anything about the letter of support since you're the main person who drafted that? Uh, I just appreciate the, the opportunity for us to um, vote uh, positively to support sending this letter. If anybody has any questions, basically um, the, the city has a sustainable capital projects policy that was attached 
and they are looking at third-party verification for both um, capital projects for buildings as well as infrastructure. And that satisfied my biggest concern is that the these projects and certifications would be third-party verified. So I, I feel like that this is a really good step and it also uh, supports uh, Ordinance 9744 um, for the energy goals and it's also supports our, our key um, SAB priorities. So I, I just want to appreciate a vote in support of this letter going forward. This is Stan Rasmussen, SAB member. Maybe, maybe now would be a good time for everybody to look at that letter if you have not already done so, and we could take uh, some public comment on it and then maybe proceed with action because um, I, I think uh, there's a general feeling that we'd like to get this letter approved. If we need to make edits in it, um, we can do that, but I, why don't we formally take a look at that. It's on page six of 10 in the uh, uh, agenda packet. I don't know if anybody has any comments or suggested edits. I just might um, mention that and read the summary of the policy. The purpose of the policy is to incorporate sustainable practices in, into siting, design, construction, remodeling, repair, maintenance, operation, and deconstruction of city facilities and infrastructure. According to the policy statement, the citywide policy is expected to yield savings by efficiently managing energy, water, waste, and stormwater while improving the employee and visitor experience. So. It was a good policy, and obviously, um, it also supports the City of Lawrence strategic plan goals, at least three of them. Those are listed in the letter. I think we need a comma between operation and the word and. Otherwise, operation and deconstruction are linked, linked together. They have to both occur. I think I just, oh, yeah, that's fine with me. I probably just missed it. I did copy word for word the those words that are in uh, uh, italics, but I didn't put the comma in, should have. So yep, that's a good catch, Dan. And then I, I'm assuming this draft is from, from my signature. It doesn't yeah. identify who would be signing it. It CCs the city manager, but I'm assuming that if we approve it tonight, I would sign it as the chair of the sustainability advisory board. Is that right? Yes, yeah. um, the, the chair would sign. And also for submittal of this letter, the idea is that this is submitted um, with the agenda item that will go to the city commission on April 11th. So it will go with the packet. Perfect. Okay. So I guess I had, sorry, this has been Sykes Sabor member. I, I'm totally in support of the projects policy. Um, given what city commission has been talking about with building tiny homes and some of the stuff that Mosin has sent out and thinking about equity and how we're doing things. I'm totally aware of mission creep and I don't want to make aspects of that, but I would like your opinion potentially on like when we think about capital projects and making them sustainable, if there's ways to, try and make sure that that helps everybody. 
or particularly given some of the city commission priorities, you know, unmistakable identity and um, meeting everyone's needs and things like that. I don't know if you have any opinions about that. Sorry to put you on the spot. Sir, you talking to me then, Ben? What's that? Are you talking to me or Kathy? I was trying to ask Mosin because he sent out things about trying to make sure that the green building efforts that we're doing are equitable, right? That there's elements of that. Yeah, I'm thinking when we come up with plans and support letters and infrastructure, also consider the broader impact it has on the community and not just to improve how the city is performing with its, with its projects, but also to consider those impacts. So that's the way I think I need to think more. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, the, in the newspaper today, they're, you know, city commission is discussing whatever it is, $1.54 million to try and, you know, help and support people that don't have a home in our community. I don't know if that falls under a capital improvement project. If the city is spending that money, that's a significant investment. And I would be supportive of that. I just don't want to see what we're doing here, you know, have unintended consequences for those kinds of things, or that's going to come to a head at city commission, right? That's, a, I think, a really good point. I don't know if Kathy has any comment on that or has thought about that. But, you know, if we put in these pallet homes that the city is talking about purchasing and putting out there, do they need to meet this standard? Would that be considered a capital project? So it's really in the details of the policy. Um, if you uh, look at the policy, when it talks about new city facilities, um, for the lead gold uh, level, it's got to be a facility that is um, over 10,000 square feet of occupied space. Uh, so there, there's kind of some project type uh, breakdowns. Now, when it comes to, uh, you know, and this question has come about as well, well, what if a city facility is less than 10,000 square feet? Um, is there just no conversation about sustainability? Um, no, there is going to be. It's just the third party uh, verification, as Kay mentioned, really happens at this level. And this threshold is really what we looked at, at other communities that have similar policies, right? So the breakdown on new new buildings or new facilities would be that 10,000 square feet where, where it makes sense uh, to spend um, the extra um, funds or whatever to do that certification for lead gold. Um, and then the, the major renovations, I know you're not talking about major renovations in that scenario, but on here um, it talks about, you know, um, the exception is minor renovations as defined as renovations wherein the total cost of construction related to the building envelope or the technical building systems is lower than 25% of the value of the building, excluding the value of the land upon which the building is situated. Um, infrastructure also has some level of details there um, on kind of dollars spent for the project. Uh, so these are all CIP um, items. Um, that would be the distinction between what you're um, asking about with the like the pallet homes or um, versus an actual city facility of this size. Great. Okay, good answer. Ms. Kathy. So do we have any more board discussion on the letter at this point, the draft letter? 
I'm not seeing any. I would ask if we have any public comment on it. Since we're taking action on it, I would like to see if we have any public comment on this draft letter of support. I'm not seeing anybody raise their hands. We have two people in the audience here, and they're not they're not raising their hands. So with that, I guess I would ask um if somebody would like to move to approve this. And Maddie, did you have a comment? Oh, okay. Uh, no, I'm a six stand saying uh, two people as on Zoom because we have three people on Zoom, but I realized I can't see the audience at City Hall. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'd be glad to um, put forth a motion to approve the draft uh, letter with the suggested improvement by adding the comma in that particular spot and would add, have Kathy add Stan's name in the after sincerely. Yeah. I'll second the motion. Look like Nancy seconded. And I do want so, to say thank you for the city for doing this because the, I, I really do feel strongly about what they're attempting. Agreed. Agreed. Um, it, you know, I, I'm proud of the fact that I'll just interject here that the army, the entity that pays my salary um, has a standard that all of their construction projects have to meet the lead gold standard as a minimum. And, um, you know, it's just I'm kind of proud of that. So I think this is something that we can all be proud of if this is approved by the city commission. So hopefully it will be and hopefully our letter will help um, help encourage that. Yeah, in reality, so, it's an investment for buildings going in and infrastructure going forward because th this will pay dividends long after the construction of the buildings. All right. All right. With that, I would ask um, all those in favor of approving the draft letter for uh, uh, to be submitted to the city commission, please signify by saying aye. 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 Any opposed? All right. Um, I will coordinate with you, Kathy, on actually getting my signature on the letter then. And um, next item on the agenda is the- Can I stand? Can we, be, go ahead, Nancy. We need to also have a vote on the uh, single-use plastic bag ordinance draft. I don't think we need to take action on that. And I heard from Kathy that that draft ordinance is probably going to be revised some more. Uh, as I read it, I don't think it has your, whatever the suggested comment was about the reusable bags being a certain percentage of recycled material. I didn't see that in the draft. So I, I don't think that we should be taking action on this tonight. Is that right, Kathy? Yeah, and to clarify the reason why the 40% uh, uh, post-consumer is not on there is because uh, the city attorney's office, which has been who, which is the entity has been working on this ordinance and had a draft available for that subcommittee meeting. Uh, we are still uh, scheduling a meeting to go over the edits that the subcommittee had in addition to our planning department. So that's the enforcement section as well. Um, and so we are still meeting about that. I do not want, I did not want to add a 
anything to this draft ordinance that our city attorney's office uh, did not already accept or approve um, as part of the draft, okay. if that makes sense. Thanks for the clarification. And then I, I guess I, 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 have, I do have a question about that is, where did that 40% uh, suggestion that the reusable bags have to be 40% recycled material. Where did that come from? Where does that 40% number? Because I don't think we've ever had any testimony on that, or I had not heard about that until this evening, uh, the 40%. And I don't I don't know, is that something that nope. is, are bags readily available with 40% post-consumer products in them, Nancy? Yes. And so I took that from several other ordinances that have been passed around in different uh, cities and states in the country, and those products are available. And so um, I pull it from there. And so this is this is what I wanted to have a discussion on in this group um, to see if that was something that the group would, um, the SAB would approve or not. Um, it was something that would help to reduce the increased plastic use that um, can happen after banning bags, as as you had brought up, Stan. So that that's why I brought it up here. But, and those currently are actually used in some of the local stores for the paper bags. They are forty percent recycled material already. So, so I, I understand that with paper, but th this would be for plastic bags to be forty percent. It would be the thicker plastic bags, and those are also available and currently used throughout the country. What we about actually, like the, the cloth, the cloth ones and fiber that are, you know, made out of polyester and nylon and stuff like that? Are those typically forty percent recycled product? We're not regulating those. We're just regulating the plastic, not the cloth. We don't oh, have I wanted the 40% for reusable bags as well. Is that not correct? That's not correct. That's so well, I think it's going to be really the, important the, how, how that language is drafted then, because mm -hmm. I was under the impression that this would be a requirement under the definition of reusable bag. It would no? be reusable plastic and reusable paper bags. Paper. It doesn't say reusable cloth bags have to have well reusable bag is defined as a bag made of cloth fiber plastic or other material but the language that i added just says 40 percent recycled for paper bags or for plastic bags okay well i guess we'll have to wait and see the language uh, this is Ben Sykes. I just want to, while we're on the plastic bag, I, I know we don't have this on the agenda. Microphone. But, oh, sorry. There we go. Uh, I just wanted to recognize for a minute, we did get a late edition of uh, an email from um, Lawrence. Lawrence, seventh graders. Yeah. Who yeah, uh, happened to be here tonight. Right. Who had did, done some some cool science research on um, plastic waste and done some really nice estimates of um potentially the amount of uh, plastic waste that the city is generating, what proportion of that is recycled, which looks like it comes out to about 10%. Uh, 
and uh, where most of that is ending up, as well as um, opinions on what might be done about it. And if anybody knows about this ordinance, despite our efforts to spread uh, the word across the city. So uh, they're here, and I just wanted to uh, recognize them for a minute, uh, just so that they could tell us maybe a little bit about what they did and what they've learned. I think now's a good opportunity. I'd, I'd be okay with that and hearing from Lawrence. If um, Nancy, are you okay with that? That'd be great. Okay. Well, then we'll we'll do that. I think that's a great segue. Lawrence, welcome to our meeting. Would you like to tell us about the the study that you did and the results that you found? I think we'd all like to to hear about it. Thank you for having me today at your meeting. My name is Lawrence Stow, a seventh grader at Lawrence Virtual School. For the past few months, my friend Ian Practin, who's attending this meeting as well, and I have been working on a science project on how to measure plastic waste in Lawrence. Today, I would like to share some findings from our research. We hope the findings can be helpful for you in some way. First, we estimate that the city of Lawrence generates about 51,240 tons of plastic waste per year and recycles about 4,458 tons of plastic waste annually. The amount of plastic waste that ends up in landfills is around 38,942 tons per year. Around 76% of plastic waste ends up in landfills. We also conduct a survey to understand how people in the community perceive the single-use plastic issue. Based on our survey results, 97.3% of our respondents have not heard of ordinance number 9810. When asked about which policy measure they supported, 54.1% of respondents supported a community-wide educational campaign to reduce single-use plastic bags. Thank you for having me. Any feedback? Well, we very much appreciate you guys doing this as science and trying to figure out what are really difficult numbers to come up with. I think you guys probably found that in your researches. Just trying to estimate how much plastic is used is an enormous challenge. Um, and if you or other students out there have great ideas about how we can reach people more effectively about the kinds of things like uh, Ordinance uh, 9810 that we can connect so we don't have 97% of the people still not knowing about it, uh, I think we would welcome, uh, we would welcome suggestions. Ian, did you want to say a few words, too? You're welcome to. You're, you're muted. You need to unmute. Um, um, yes, I definitely agree with it's hard to find that data publicly available. Um, I noticed that when we were doing research, I'm from Lundsburg, so um, it's a much smaller town, but it's also very hard to find data for them on how much waste is generated um, by our cities. So I think just sort of having that data publicly available would really help, especially if there are other people out there who are trying to do things similar to what we're doing. So. Awesome. Thank you so much. 
Did anybody have questions for Lawrence or Ian? We will spread the word around the school and tell our um, people, our students in our schools and their parents. That would be great. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Um, before we, I, I don't know that we're quite done talking about the, the plastic bag ordinance. If you get a chance, Nancy, I would love to hear if you could reach out to the Merck or um, maybe Checkers. I think they were responsive. Um, Dylan's. I know we had some contact there in, in previous testimony from Dylan's. I think we had just had a written letter from Checkers. We had testimony from uh, two people at the Merck. And, and make sure they're comfortable with that 40% requirement. I'd like to, I'd like to give them an opportunity to, to weigh in on that uh, if we're going to be making a recommendation that way on the defining characteristics for the reusable bags. Okay, we'll, we'll work on that at our next um, subcommittee meeting. Awesome, awesome, thank you. Uh-huh. Um, Maddie Bell, SAB member, uh, I, so this may be like reaching too far, but if dictating something like 40% recycled materials for plastic bags is on the table, it's, it's really hard to recycle plastic. Um, and so if it could be like, I would love to see like, 40% bioplastic is used or something like that, which I recognize maybe the the products aren't there, but like maybe it's the moving towards that or something just because um, fossil, you know, like oil plastic is really, really difficult to recycle. There are bags that have 40% recycled content available. Um, and so I think that's better than than having fully virgin plastic in the reusable bags. If we're going to have the reusable bags available anyway, um, those bio bags are really hard to to get a hold of, and they don't they're not as sturdy for for carrying things. So I think there's lots of issues there, Maddie. I I wish we could just ban plastic bags completely, but yeah. Kay, did you want to add to that? Yes, when I was in um, San Francisco in November, um, I did get a plastic bag that's one of those thicker ones from uh, a vendor, a, a retail outlet. It was Walgreens. And their statement also said this particular bag is 40% uh, post-consumer recyclable. So I think that is pretty much average on states and communities that are going to the thicker bag and it also says that you can use these many more times than once there i don't know how many they claim to be able to be used but um i i've started collecting bags to see what they say and several of the thicker bags from the the communities that have uh Plastic single-use plastic bag bands have these type of bags that say forty percent. Yeah, I think I saved mine from a 
trip to San Diego for work um, uh, almost two years ago. I'll have to see if I can find it. I think it's in my office, and I'll look and see if it, it's got the same thing on there. I bet it does. That's good to know. Any other discussion on the the bags at this time? I guess we're going to be waiting on seeing the draft ordinance from the city, and it sounds like uh, in order to make sure that we have the right people there for the city commission meeting, it may be May now before we we're prepared to do that. We can place it on the April meeting agenda if you'd like. Yeah, yeah, I think we we definitely want to have it on next month's meeting agenda. We I think we need to have it on the agenda until it goes before city commission. Yeah. All right. Are there any other subcommittees that uh, we need to hear an update from at this point? I'm not. Ben, uh, just last. Uh, this is Ben Sykes, SAB board member. Last uh, meeting, I brought up the composting policy with Douglas County Food Policy, which I'm the SAB rep on. And Kathy and I are going to have a discussion about that. There's been some back and forth with Douglas County Sustainability Office about a presentation from them and um, maybe an action item downstream that we might be able to contribute to. Okay. All right, with that, I'm going to move on to the next item on the agenda that we haven't covered, and that is Earth Day. Uh, Kathy, do you have some updates for us on some Earth Day activities? Yes. So the last month I had reported that uh, several organizations were already starting to schedule their activities uh, around Earth Day, and the city will be a partner in many of those uh, activities. Uh, one of the activities that's that's bringing a lot of folks together is an Earth Day Fair at South Park on Saturday, April 22nd. Um, we are partners in this, but the lead um, on this event is the Watkins History Museum or Watkins Museum of History. And uh, they have, uh, it's going to be in the afternoon from one to three. Uh, they're going to have tables at South Park um, each organization is being asked to provide, uh, you know, some activity uh, for kiddos and the whole family and um, not just uh, an info table distributing 300 pieces of paper. Um, so it's more um, activities, hands-on activities uh, that will be happening at South Park. Uh, there are quite a few organizations that have signed up like uh, KU Environs, Friends of Oak Hill, uh, Friends of Hidden Valley, Kansas Land Trust, uh, Douglas County Conservation District, Master Gardeners, the Lawrence Public Library, the City of Lawrence Environment and Sustainability, Douglas County Sustainability, Sierra Club, Sustainability Action Network, and Jayhawk Audubon Society. Um, also, I know Cancer for the Community is going to be out there. Um, so we're just getting the word out. Um, and like I said, the Watkins Museum of History has been organizing uh, with those um, organizations uh, for the South Park activities. Uh, we still have not uh, fully updated our website, but we did put a notice in our uh, city's flame newsletter city uh the city flame newsletter uh on earth day activities that are coming up 
in terms of the proclamation, uh, it will be on April 18th uh, when we would submit the proclamation to the city commission. As I mentioned um, to you all, uh, I'm happy to draft the proclamation and then at the April meeting, um, if you'd like to review it, I don't know if it needs a full approval from the sustainability advisory board. Um, I'm gonna show you one that we completed two years ago. Uh, this was, let me make sure you can see it. Can you see the proclamation, those on Zoom? Okay, perfect. Um, this proclamation uh, was the one that ran for uh, 2021 and um, working on updating this. If the Sustainability Advisory Board would like to have some involvement, um, certainly there could be a SAB member that is at the podium. Um, with staff, or if you wanna take lead on this, this is uh, great too. Um, but just wanted to give you an example of the one that was done a couple of years ago. Hey, Kathy, I have a suggestion. I would like to somehow reach out to businesses and to get business involvement and whether or not they participate in the Earth Day activities, perhaps there's a way, a lot of organizations that I'm involved with, they have a a place to register their own activities, whether it's a public or just private. Um, our company is actually working on our Earth Day activities. What what we're going to do? We're going to have a lunch and learn, and but I I would imagine then there's quite a few other businesses that do the same thing, and um, in other communities when where I've worked we have involved businesses in that way, um, not necessarily to invite them to have public activities at their facilities, but that they're making a commitment to do it on their own facilities with their own staff. And I, I think it's time for us to start including the businesses um, in some way, because I think there's quite a few businesses that already do this kind of thing. Any thoughts from others on what Kay shared or other feedback? Nancy? Um, so I, I think it's a great idea that Kay brought up. Um, and I'd also like to suggest that the one to three time at South Park is pretty short. And I'm wondering if it couldn't be extended a little bit longer. It seems like a, a whole lot of people going through a whole lot of trouble to set up the tabling and activities for such a short time in the afternoon. Appreciate that um, feedback. I do understand uh, from the organizations, some of them that are gonna table in the afternoon have activities running in the morning um, at their um, locations. Um, also Friends of the Caw has a river cleanup and, and so forth. So the idea was a short event at South Park that allows people to participate in all the activities throughout the day and then just come to South Park kind of as the last um, bit of celebration. But I was just suggesting that three o'clock is kind of an early time to end the activities, not to start earlier. 
I can definitely pass on the feedback uh, to the organizers and um, you're more than welcome also to email um, Will. I know you, you've been in contact with him. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I, I hope that um, that we try to have a, a visual presence there of um, SAB members. I'm going to, my, my plan is to participate in the, the Caw River cleanup with the Friends of the Caw and um, I know the one last fall was an eight to two time frame on the cleanup. I, d I don't know how long this one is going to be this year, if they have a time. It's not on their website yet, so um, I don't know the exact schedule yet. I put eight to noon in my calendar, hoping that I could make it to the Earth Day Fair. Mighty Bell said, member, um, Kathy, is there somewhere to see the list of organizations who are like set up for the fair or have their own thing going on like the car river cleanup yeah absolutely um thanks for that question so the city of lawrence has a web page um that is back yes it's it ends i think it's city of lawrence um with the earth day at the end uh forward slash earth day and currently it has the 2022 activities listed. So you'll see the Friends of the Caw River cleanup from last year and so forth. And so the reason why it's not fully updated right now for 2023 is because a lot of these organizations are still working through the, the details um, of, of their events. So as soon as we have all that information, we might be updating, let's say four or five that we have the information on and then add as we go on get, getting closer to Earth Day. Uh, but the uh, Watkins Museum of History uh, provided me earlier this week that list that I just kind of read off. So um, our hope is to include all of those um, on our webpage. Uh, and, you know, we can do this, even links to their uh, web pages, because we've done this in the past, um, for people to find even more information if they're not able to attend the South Park event. But uh, again, lots of the details are still being worked on. I, I heard as of like yesterday that they're trying to get a food vendor down at South Park as well, um, since some of those participating thought that that would uh, make it feel like a a more of a festival or celebration. Um, although like Nancy said, it's a short period of time. So finding a food vendor that's okay with two hours, unless they extend it to three or four hours. Um, but yeah, as all those details um, come about, uh, I will share the webpage uh, with all those activities listed. And if you know of any activities that I don't have on that webpage, just let me know and I will add them. Thank you. Um, and is, I mean, is there anything stopping organizations from staying longer than the three o'clock deadline or setting up earlier? Um, I guess maybe that's something to ask the Watkins Museum of History, but do you know? Because like it could be an informal extension of the time if an official one doesn't work out. Yeah, that's a good question as well. So being 
part of uh, the organizer in the past. Um, the organizer is really responsible for the cleanup of the park. Uh, so when you reserve the park, which there was a reservation for this event, um, there were no fees because the city's sponsoring this event. Um, so the organizer is responsible to make sure all the trash is picked up, all the tables and chairs and, and that type of stuff. So maybe in a there might be an extension of it if all supplies are still able to be put away and maybe some people have just personal chairs and tables obviously you can be at the park um, and talk to folks uh, but um, i do know uh, that there is a responsibility of making sure that the park is cleaned after all the people come through and it makes it challenging if half of the tables still stay and the organizer can't fully, um, you know, fulfill their duty. Great, thank you. Any, any more Earth Day discussion? All right, uh, let's uh, go on to the next agenda item, and that's um, facility tours. Um, Kathy and I have talked about trying to set up a tour for us, either at the, you know, the city's recycling facility or the hazardous waste recycling facility or or something. Have you had any movement on on that? I know we wanted to talk about potential date and times for that. Yes. So um, city staff is able to host uh, tours of the facilities that were listed um, on the you know city side, HHW compost, water, water treatment, and so forth. And some of these facilities, because they are in the same area, um, can happen. It can, can be a tour of two of those facilities that are side by side and so forth. Um, all I really need um, from you all and, and why um, this item is on the agenda is what time of the day is good uh, for SAB members to attend. Morning or afternoon? Is that the type of what you're looking for? Kind of a morning or afternoon? What's preferable? Or do you want it more precise? Over the lunch hour, um, are you good with an hour tour or is two hours okay? Um, so we can get more done um, in one, you know. I think it would kind of be dependent upon the location, you know, what that, I could see an hour being plenty of time at the Hazways Recycling Facility, but maybe you would need two hours if you were going to go to the water treatment plant and sewer treatment or something like that. So, yeah, this has been Sykes Sab. Remember, I, I think if we're going to hang out in the sewer, we need to do it for a longer. <laughs> I guess, you know, Kathy, just to your question about what time of day, mm -hmm. we're talking about when people are working at these facilities. We're not talking about we could do this on a Saturday or we could, we're talking about like a nine to five slot kind of thing, right? Just, just making sure because some of us have, you know, more challenges with that than others. That, job. that is correct. It would be between the 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Uh, Monday through Friday, okay. not on a holiday. Okay, thanks. Well, I think in that case, it probably depends on what day of the week it is for, for those, for some of us, so. Well, maybe what Kathy and I'll do is propose some possible dates 
and times, and we'll just see if who raises their hand and says they're available to participate. And we'll, you know, we've not done this before, so we'll see how it goes and try to work our way into it. Is that okay? You can send out a doodle poll. Or I was just going to ask, can we do doodle polls, or is that an open records challenge? I don't know. Or, or when is meet, just to be equitable that there are lots of softwares for doing this? I don't know if that's an open records issue or not with the doodle poll, but... Um, it's okay. 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 And then on future agenda items, uh, uh, I don't think we need to do anything on the SAB subcommittees, but I, I would like you, Kathy, to update us on it, potentially having a city commissioner attend an upcoming meeting. Can sure. Skip um, to thing back up on number three. Back up to what? We can't hear you. Three. I'm sorry, you skipped item number three on the agenda. The discussing ordinance 9744. Yes, we didn't. I, I, yeah, I probably did not raise it directly. Do we have any more discussion on that at this time? I bring this up because I wanted to raise an issue here for consideration from this group. Um, and I think that one way that we could think about addressing um, Ordinance 9744 for the community goal of um, reaching renewable electricity and energy for the community is to um, press for the closure of the Lawrence Energy Center coal-powered plant. And um, uh, if we press for that and the city presses for that, it may get closed. That's how it was closed in Missouri recently is, is municipalities pressed for it to be closed. So I just raise that as something we could talk about and consider. In, in the same vein of that, I have a question uh, on... So we get our most of our electricity from coal. Those of us that are at least the city has a contract saying that you're getting RECs or credits that are not from coal, that are from renewable energy. But most of us, the rest of us are on. I mean, you can also opt in to purchase renewable energy, but when we're doing our emission goals and calculations, how is the Climate Action Group going to calculate our energy emissions when we have a coal plant here, even though we have a statement about RECs? We're still getting, I mean, our, our even there's a new app on our phones, <laughs> on iPhones, that won't charge if if you're not getting more renewable power. I just found out about that. And I turned the thing off because my charge my phone wasn't charging properly. I don't know how this happens, but we need to understand what the impact is not only affecting our health of this coal plant, but also 
our renewable energy goals because we may still have to consider using the emissions factors for a coal plant. That's why we should close, we could push for close. I'd like to hear from Amanda has her hand raised. Yeah. I can't. Oh, I, Amanda. I, okay. I, actually, I see your hand has yeah. raised. Hi, Amanda. Stan, <laughs> board member. Um, I was raising my hand kind of because I was going to maybe add to this kind of a, a combination of ordinance uh, 9744 and future agenda items, but after they touched on this particular topic. I mean, you're welcome to go ahead. I think at this point, it's all okay. sounds relevant to me. Yeah. <laughs> well, it wasn't related to the coal plant, but um, and, and one of the things that I've considered that, that would relate to that ordinance um, and our goals here, I'm hoping to put on the future agenda, is the, uh, well, the school closures that they are looking at, that they have public hearings coming up. Um, on the 25th of this month. And one of the things that the superintendent said was additional possible solutions to save the money that they are looking to save is renewable energies and solar and things along that line. Um, and so I think that it's probably too late for us as a board to speak out um, in opposition of any school closures, even though um, it does go against our goal of strong welcoming neighborhoods. Um, I think as individuals, we could reach out uh, because public comments are still being taken. Um, but as a future agenda item, um, maybe looking to assist USD 497 in achieving some of those goals. So that way they don't have to look at going to four days a week um, and hopefully not closing schools at this time. But that was just that kind of tied into what we did and um it's part of the reason i'm on this board because i have children a future and i'm very invested in the community amanda thank you kay has her hand raised yes and in response to what amanda was saying um one of my son's teachers in mays uh worked very hard to get a solar array at the high school at Mays near Wichita. And they have, I think it was in a year and a half, they saved the school $100,000. I don't know how much they have saved since, but they have also presented the school with a check for $250,000 from, so the business sponsors a school. And schools don't get credits because they don't pay taxes like businesses do. But the, uh, the there's a pass-through if a business wants to purchase the credits, purchase the solar array, then they lease back the solar to the school system. And it is extremely lucrative for the May school system to have that. And they, like I said, they're adding a second solar array um, just starting this year. I don't know when they actually will break construction on it, but um, it's a fantastic learning tool for them as well as significant operating cost savings. I'd say that uh, thanks to the Inflation Reduction Act, 
that nonprofits and tax exempt entities such as schools can take advantage of the tax credit now, that 30% tax credit, and that there are financial institutions that can lease solar to schools as well, giving them the advantage of tax appreciation because technically the bank owns the system and then is leasing it. So there are um, different avenues that we can take a look at to help the school accomplish those goals. I wish, I hope that it is in time to save schools so we can continue to boast our strong welcoming neighborhoods um, that I don't think that closures support. Um, but yes, I, I would I would like to put this on future agenda items and then encourage anybody as individuals to also reach out to the school board or attend the public hearing. So Amanda, I'm, I'm curious, in a state like Kansas, where we're a regulated utility state, I'm hearing you say that a private company could lease solar panels to, say, a school, and that would be okay under our regulated utilities it, laws? That's not considered a retail sale of electricity? It is acceptable. So what yeah, what what you are what you're going for on uh, House Bill uh, is it the two 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 seven is the power purchase agreement, which allows right. uh, a private person to act as a utility and to charge for the kilowatt hour used, which is very clean and straightforward. Solar service agreements are currently legal, but you have to have like a flat rate charge. It's not a one-for-one -one savings. Um, you have to be very careful with that language. Um, but leasing it, again, um, schools lease a lot of equipment. So a solar system shouldn't be all that different from it um, and might make it easier to obtain than finding the money within the school system or taxpayers' dollars to pay for it, or to have somebody generously donate, or some PTO raise the funds. I did. I did not oh, know gosh. that. That is that is really good to know. Okay, thank you. And Mays has a strong history with city. I mean, the school system at Mays. Um, there's quite a few articles, Stan. I'll be glad to send them to you about the success that they've had at Mays. Yeah, I would I, love I, those too. I've actually spoken to a mother who started a committee for for such things, and she's actually, I think, speaking to your friend over there. Oh, cool. <laughs> Seems viable too. And and thinking about how the school budget engaging the school board or other people too on how they may have money in capital projects, but not for general funds, might play out in how they might be able to lease or they might want to put in their own system or something. Yeah, so I, I think. Future, putting down a future agenda item and, and having, having some discussions about that. Sounds like it makes a lot of sense. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. Could you send the link to those articles to Kathy so that she could share them with everybody? I'd be glad to. And um, Stan Burnkamp is the um, physics teacher that got all of the solar arrays possible. He is always great to talk to groups. I'm sure we could schedule him for a meeting um, you, some Wednesday that we're having our regular meeting. I, he loves to tell about the program. Great. Great. 
All right. Any any other discussion on 9744? I think that's good. Nancy, thank you for redirecting us back here. That the, was my error for just glossing over that because um, we had kind of mentioned it in the plastic bag ordinance and I just went on by it. But I, I have asked Kathy to continue to put this on the agenda because this was the primary thing that when we went through our our strategic planning meeting in December, this was our number one item that we wanted to focus on. And so it's going to be a regularly occurring item on our agenda. And so checking in with it and discussing it and having topical discussions about it, I think are all going to be important. Okay. I have one other uh, item to add uh, relative to Nancy's first call uh, comment about um, supporting closing of the coal plant is that Evergy first initially committed to closing the coal plant in 2023. They have since decided not to. Um, and I think that it's important to note that they already had discussed that situation. So um, it's it's not out of the, the realm of asking them to do that. Yeah, I think that um, maybe the, the snowmageddon down in Texas has caused some utilities to rethink what they're going to close or not close. And there may be movement on that here in the future. But uh, I, I want to make sure that we have time for public comment. So I'm going to ask Kathy to quickly tell us about City Commission Visitor, and then I want to open it up for public comment. Sure, really quick. Uh, so the first um, guest would be the mayor, and uh, an invitation was sent to the mayor uh, for the April meeting, with May being the alternate if the April date does not work. Um, we have not yet heard confirmation, but as soon as we do, um, just so you know, it might be April or May. And then every other month uh, will be, you know, another commissioner. So uh, we'll get those all scheduled uh, throughout the year. Great. Thank you for doing that. I think it's important for us to, you know, stay connected with the city commission we are their advisory board and i think it it's good for us to be inviting them to one of our meetings it builds a relationship between the the commissioners and and our board all right with that i'm going to ask if we have um public comment i'd like to we've got two people here in the audience we have, um, it looks like uh, two people online. I don't know if anybody has any public comment about what we've discussed or suggestions for what we should discuss in the future. I'll, I'll open it up to the folks here first. There, nope. <laughs> okay. How about online? It looks like JT Thornburg would look, is raising his hand. Can you hear me? We can. Okay. Um, I realize none of you know me except maybe Ben, um, and he doesn't know me well, but I got his autograph on his important book. Um, I have an extensive background going back to 85 in uh, environmental issues, including um, household hazardous waste disposal. 
when you take when you when you line up tours, I would suggest that you go there first. There's going to be more there than you imagine. For example, if you uh, if 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 you thought you needed a household hazardous waste product uh, and we're about to go purchase it, you could go out there instead and maybe get it for free off their shelves. Um, the other thing is, um, again, I realize you don't you don't know me. Others do because uh, I'm a cyclist and I've been a um, actually an unsuccessful advocate for um, several years on particular bicycle issues. Um, I noticed that you um, you went past item two on the agenda, and I know Stan is um, on the um, BC BSCS, um, which is the uh, what. Michael Allman calls the board of boards. I think that's very um, a critical matter that I'm very concerned about. And um, if Stan has got something to say, I, I'm all ears. Thank you. So I was out of the country for the last meeting and I just got back uh, this weekend. I started watching the board meeting from when I was away. But I haven't, I haven't gotten. But uh, I don't even think I'm an hour into the three-hour meeting yet, so I was not able to provide an update this week on what's transpired since our last meeting. I can tell you, based on the agenda, that um, the the one thing I would encourage you to look at on there, there was only two items attached to the agenda, and the most important one is the what are they calling it? Like the the standard of operation or operation guidelines. And what it looks to me like is being proposed is kind of a two-tiered system where you have policy boards and then more um, uh, um, inform informative boards. So you would have a policy board that has some real authority to make decisions and make uh, make policy for the city that then would be blessed by the city commission. And then the other types of boards would be more boards that the city manager could call upon and create on an ad hoc basis as needed. And they would be more informative to help inform the city on decision making. I've not seen the whole discussion yet, but that's the way it seems to be shaping up to me on the part that I've watched so far. So if you, I, I would say, take a look at that attachment to the uh, meeting agenda from, I think it was the 1st of March was when the meeting was. So if you wanna know more, I would say, take a look at that. JT? May I make a further comment? Yes, sir. Okay. Please. I'm following that very closely, and I know all about that issue. Uh, I would just call to your attention that there is no public comment in what they're doing until they come up with recommendations, and there will be only one opportunity. And um, I see some real trouble uh, for um, um, a number of um, basically culture change boards. And, and that would include yourself. It's going to be interesting to see how they bucket you. Um, they couldn't, 
they're going to focus in the next meeting on putting committees that bodies that might go together and be blended. But at the first try, I don't think they, they were able to put you in a bucket, which may be a real good thing. Um, I'll shut up now. JT, I appreciate that comment about the no public comment, and I will make sure to raise that at our next meeting and maybe suggest to him that perhaps we shouldn't be waiting until the end to receive public comments. And I know the meetings are open to the public. We rarely get We've had one person from the public that I'm aware of actually sit in the meeting, and that was only for a while. Right. And we get very few people par participating via Zoom. And that's another um, big, big, big concern. I'd like to shut up, but um, good luck with it. I don't think you'll get anywhere with it because they've got a, they've given themselves a four-month turnaround, and there are going to be some major consequences from this thing that I don't yeah. see as being real good. I'm going to shut up. I'm turning my mic off. Yeah, the next meeting scheduled for that uh, board of boards is on 29 March, Wednesday, 29 March. I'll so, um, thank you. All right. Thanks, sir. Any additional public comment, Don? I see you there. I don't know if you had comment for us. <laughs> Yeah, I I want I was hoping to just say something after the staff report. Um, uh, I don't remember exactly, and there was something that I just wanted to thank Kathy for her work and preparation. Um, some of the things that she's that she prepares for the board, it's it's aces and takes a lot of work off of the board. Um, I'm very grateful that the city and the board and this board are taking seriously. Um, these state legislation home rule um the you know fiasco uh, bills um we the i can't remember the the one that that someone was talking about that um was about products and services more sort of generic um but that if you know if something like that passed there would be no way that the city of lawrence would have would be able to um uh um comply with the oh the ordinance related to sustainable energy um you know because that would mean that you could never say no to the gas company not that that's that's you know what we want for you know perhaps a long time to come but anyway so it's very important and i'm glad that um that you guys are taking those bills seriously and attending um, hearings and and so thank you for your time there um, and since there's actually five minutes left, um, uh, I'll just say a couple more things since I'm squishing this all into one. The, the agenda does state that public um, comment is allowed after each agenda item and you're limited to three minutes and whatnot. You guys are so limited with time already, but um, anyway, so it, um, the, uh, Stan, um, it, it, it would be nice to, I think you guys are good about it before going to a vote, but um, I really appreciate being able to comment after staff report. It's a great opportunity to ask questions of Kathy, um, and I just learned so much from those those reports. Um, and anyway, so um, also I would like to see subcommittee meeting information on the website, like you know maybe at least list the chair and the meeting dates and times. I've participated in subcommittees for SAB you know, in the past. And I think it's a really great way for the board to delegate 
the preparation work for these meetings and involve more people and educate the public all at the same time. But it's kind of hard to know. I mean, it might be, for example, a way for Deb Ford to uh, still participate, but not have the you know responsibilities of being on the board and um, and and Maddie too, you know, and me. But um, so uh, I wanted to state that Kathy needs more support for maintenance of the website for these kinds of things, for doing public surveys, for keeping events up to date and such. Um, that shouldn't fall all to her. And I hope that she can get the support in the city with city staff um, for the, those that's very, you know vital for the work of this board. Um, and then lastly, I just have said this before, but I hope I wish the board, the sustainable advisory board would consider moving your meetings to a night that's not the um, county commission um, night. I know it's it's hard to figure out, you know, there's there's important meetings every night, um, but it just always also seems that these you're cut short by other meetings. So surely there's a more workable time slot, just something to maybe talk about at a future meeting or something. <laughs> That's all. Thank you. I did not know that we were competing with the county commission. That's a good, real good comment there. So something we could talk about. They could take us. I mean, we've got numbers on them, but they're sorry. I was, I forgot to, they're, I think they could take us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they got a bigger budget than we do. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So Kathy and I are going to be putting together the agenda here in the probably in the next week or so for our next meeting. Um, uh, we will make sure to have Earth Day stuff on there. Update on the legislation will include uh, the bag ordinance, assuming it's available. The uh, Earth Day um, proclamation. Uh, Ordinance 9744, um, if we think we, we have time, I'd like Don's suggestion that we give the public an opportunity for a few minutes to engage with a question and comment after the staff report. I think that's a, a reasonable request. It makes a lot of sense to me instead of making everybody wait until the very end. Um, but it'll kind of be dependent on how much time we think we have. And if we end up with the mayor uh, attending the meeting, we're probably going to be time limited because I suspect the mayor will have some comments and we may want to have some question and answer time there. So that may really constrict how much um, time we have for other items, but we will do our best. Um, I, um, Kay, uh, one, one, go ahead, Kay. I just wanted to add, I I think because I, we should at least have a standing situation where we're hearing about the climate change plan. I mean, it, it seems like this Douglas County has now the responsibility, and I don't feel like we're a part of it. I, I, that's just me, but... I still don't know on a regular basis what's going on as far as the climate change plan. I can uh, provide the 
uh, an update from the staff perspective on the climate action plan. I do know that Nancy is the rep, the SAB rep on the climate action plan steering committee. And I believe uh, you are scheduled to meet next Friday, not this Friday, but next Friday. We haven't gotten notification for it at all. Yeah. So we, we haven't met for, I think it's been canceled for the last, what, three or four months, Kathy? I thought there was a meeting in December. So January and February were canceled. I don't think there was one in December either. Okay. And it, and it really just follows with my point. I know that uh, Nancy would provide a report if she had information, but I don't, we're not getting information, I don't believe. All right. We're, we're about at our stopping time. I want to remind everybody that um, due to our numbers, we need to have everybody attend next month. I will be attending virtually. I, I will be, where am I going to be in April? In Arkansas. Um, I'll be a, either at Pine Bluff or in Little Rock that Wednesday night. I can't remember, but um uh, I'll be. Do you get reception in Pine Bluff? Yeah, I'll be attending via Zoom, and I'll I'll try to run the meeting via Zoom, but maybe I'll have to rely on you to kind of run the meeting. Okay. Um. All right. Can't. Don't all right. Out, man. I know it's a Wednesday. And if you and for us remaining board members, if you find out that you're not going to be able to make it, please let everybody know or let Kathy know. Not everybody. But let Kathy know, and um, we'll figure out then if we need to schedule a special meeting where we can get everybody together. Otherwise, we won't have a quorum. All right. With that, I think we can uh, go ahead and uh, adjourn our meeting. All those in favor of adjournment, say aye. 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 Thank you, Maddie. Thank you, Maddie. Thanks, Thank Maddie. You. And thanks, Dan. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. Bye. Bye, Maddie. Bye-bye. Thanks, Kat.